So, Heavenly Father, we thank you that uh, we're able to meet together across all these continents. And, uh, Father, that uh, we want to share this time with you. And uh, we ask you to bless Kenny as he brings the word and bless everyone as they partake in this uh, meeting this evening. And Lord, we thank you for your provision and your protection that you give to us continuously. We thank you in the name of Yeshua. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Yeah. Thank you, Jerry. That's awesome. Yeah, I just want to give you a quick update on what's happening here. Obviously, everyone has been seeing feeds of what's going on in Israel. Definitely the war is increasing in the north, um, you know, with the uh, uh, defense of uh, the Air Force and taking out, uh, you know, high targets in Hamas and Hezbollah in the north. So things are definitely ramping up. Uh, it is quite surprising that we haven't gone into full-blown uh, war, but, you know, there's a lot more going on than what has been going on since the beginning of February. So anyway, I was walking the dog, was it yesterday or the day before? About nine o'clock in the morning, there was a huge explosion, and um, there was no sirens going off or anything. And what happened is... The Air Force intercepted a suicide drone coming in. It was probably less than half a mile from me. Uh, we're just, I was walking the dog down towards the beach. It's, actually, it was on Shabbat. It was yesterday. Um, so that, that was quite something. You know, you hear these explosions and stuff going on. You just don't know what's happening. So we definitely are standing in prayer over all of the uh, events that are taking place here in the land of Israel and just praying that we get breakthrough here um you know and see these enemies destroyed completely that's what we want to see um over the last few days we've just had a, a time dealing with mold in our property uh it's been hard to breathe and stuff uh because of all the wet rains and stuff we've had so Haley and i have been working hard trying to get all this mold out the house and get things treated um i bought a special machine as well tonight that i'll be using but you know, I've dealt with dampness in a couple of rooms and things before, but never mold like this where it just feels like it's affecting your health and stuff and your breathing. So anyway, I've got a screaming headache. <laughs> but in the name of Yeshua, it's going to go in the name of Yeshua. I'm not standing for that. Um, just with all the chemicals and things we've been working with today. So keep us in prayer over that. Keep Haley in prayer as well. Hannah is flying in. I'm at the airport right now. That's where I am. I'm sitting here at the airport. Anna will land about quarter past 11, be out by about half past 11. Um, and then we'll drive home. I didn't want to have her get a train back at 1.30 in the morning uh, this late at night. So it's going to be a blessing having Hannah back with us tonight. Um, wasn't it awesome last week as we talked on Jeremiah chapter 1? Man, I have just been... Man, I just can't get out of that chapter or even chapter two. I've just been going over and over uh, these few chapters in Jeremiah. In fact, I've been stuck in the book of Jeremiah since about October, uh, since October the 7th. That's what I was reading in the morning, chapter four to chapter 10. And we are going to break things down. But I want to open up with the scripture in Psalm 33. Um I'm going to read a couple of verses here, but the, the most important verse I want to really bring out is verse 4. But I just want to say from verse 1, Sing joyfully to Yehovah, you righteous, 
it is fitting for the upright to praise him. And you'll see how this is important as we read this and go back and read our next part of uh, Jeremiah. It says, praise Yahovah with the harp, make music to him on the ten-string lyre, sing to him a new song, play skillfully and shout for joy. Every time we see that word, sing to him a new song. I want you to always think about this when you see things about the new, a new song. It means a new testimony. It means something has happened in the spirit. That's what births the new. And sing to him a new song. Why? Because our God is great. He is an awesome God. And, you know, what What should the righteous be doing? They should be praising. They should be, uh, you know, exalting him, being joyful to Yahovah. You know, we've got to realize that this is a day of the miraculous. This is the day of the blessings of Yahovah. This is the day of the breakthrough in the spirit. It doesn't matter what we face. Now, we even had our uh, landlords of our property today saying, okay, we're canceling your contract. You've got to be out in, in two months, you know, because of all this stuff we're dealing with. And just it's just crazy. Anyway, hopefully in the name of Yeshua, all those things will calm down. But even in the midst of all of it, it doesn't matter what we face. We're going to sing joyfully to Yahovah. We recognize the, the, the testimonies of what he's done in our lives before. And we sing to him a new song because we recognize this is the day of breakthrough. This is the day of uh, new beginnings. This is the day of transformation by the Spirit. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully and shout uh, for joy. I love that. When you see play skillfully and shout, what it's saying is, look, don't just play just anything, but but put a lot of detail into it. You know, this needs a lot of skill. This needs you know, a lot more thought than just, oh, yeah, we'll sing a new song. No, we're talking about go deeper with this. Meditate on what the Lord is doing within our lives. And verse 4, this is what I love more than anything. For the word of Yahovah is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. Hallelujah. The word of Yahovah is right and true. We can stand upon his word. We can stand upon his promises. So when the enemy or your own mind, your own thoughts and your own ways, when they try and convince you away from the word of God, we've got to realize, you know, no, we're going to sing. We're going to be joyful in everything that we do. Just because we're going through difficult times doesn't mean that we're not going to have that joy. So when we see in Jeremiah, let me find it. Uh, in Jeremiah, here you have a prophet. He's got this amazing call. You know, he's one of the major prophets of the scripture. And the victory of his work, the victory of what he does, is not because the most incredible revival of Israel happened through the prophecies of Jeremiah. No, the 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 Jeremiah was called not to. Uh, you know, of course, the desire of Yahovah was that, that, that Israel would change. They would turn their hearts towards him. But, but the father told them, listen, you're going to have a difficult ministry. You're going to go before people that uh, are not going to like the words that you have to say. 
But, you know, one of the things we, we spoke on last week in verse 10 of chapter 1, see today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot, tear down, to destroy, to overthrow. These are the, the negative, the breaking down. Why? Because Yahovah is righteous. His word is true. If you choose not to follow the ways of God, if you choose not to walk in his counsel and in his ways, then the word of God through the prophets, what's it going to do? It's going to cause a breaking down. It's going to cause a tearing down. It's going to cause an uprooting. And, you know, this should be a lesson to all of us, um, because especially when you're dealing with counsel, uh, you spend time with people that are going through difficult times because of sin within their lives. One thing we've got to learn, and this is what we'll open up in a little bit in chapter two, one thing we've got to learn is that, you know, when we walk in the ways of the flesh, it's not going to produce fruit that's going to benefit our lives. It brings destruction. It brings pain. It brings a lot of problems. So what we want to do is we want to align ourselves with the will and purpose of Yahovah. So this prophetic journey that Jeremiah is on is to uproot, to tear down, and destroy, and to overthrow with the righteousness of God. Saying to the people, listen, in the midst of your rebellion, heed the word of the Lord. And uh, of course, he wasn't popular. They wanted to kill him. His own family wanted to assassinate him. And he had to uh, run away <laughs> and, and seek protection because of his family trying to kill him. Even they didn't like the word uh, that he had to share. So... His word wasn't popular. So just because his word wasn't popular doesn't mean it wasn't true. But our God is a righteous God, and he will bring forth his truth for his purposes. And he wants us to come in line. And that's the blessings of the revelation of following the Torah, is to come in line with the ways and the purposes of Yahovah. So let's read in uh, Jeremiah chapter 2. We'll read a few verses here. And we'll start to see a contrast of, uh, you know, the message that leads up to, you know, obviously the famous chapter, chapter three, where uh, we, we see more of chapter two being explained with the divorce of the Northern Kingdom and also the state of Judah in the midst of their sin as well. So for Israel forsook the law, the word of the Lord came to me, go and proclaim in the hearing of Jerusalem, this is what Yehovah says, I remember the devotion of your youth, how as a bride you loved me and followed me through the wilderness, through a land not sown. Israel was holy to Yehovah, the firstfruits of his harvest. All who devoured her were held guilty, and, and disaster overtook them, declares the Lord. Israel was holy to the Lord. Okay, the first fruits of his harvest, all who devoured her were held guilty. So anyone that came against them, he dealt with them. Hear the word of the Lord, you descendants of Jacob, all you clans of Israel. This is what Yahweh says. What fault did your ancestors find in me that they strayed so far from me? They followed worthless idols. They became worthless. They became worthless themselves. They did not ask where is Yehovah who brought them out of Egypt and led them through the barren wilderness? 
through a land of deserts and ravines, a land of drought and our darkness, a land where no one travels and no one lives. I brought you into a fertile land to eat its fruit and rich produce. But you came and defiled my land and made my inheritance detestable. And this is what we're seeing here today, isn't it? The priest did not ask, where is Yahovah? Those who deal with the law did not make, uh, did not know me. The leaders rebelled against me. The prophets prophesied by Baal following worthless idols. Therefore, I will bring charges against you again, declares Yahovah. And I will bring charges against the children's children. Cross over to the coast of Cyprus and look, um, send to Kedar and observe closely. See if there has ever been anything like this. You know, what's it saying when it says cross over to the coast of Cyprus and send to Kedar? It's saying, you know, from the west to the east. It's basically saying, look in all directions. That's what he's saying here. Has a nation ever changed its God? Yet they are not gods at all. So anyway, I'm going to open this up a little bit more here. If we go back to chapter, uh, verse 2 of 2, it says, How as a bride you loved me and followed me through the wilderness. So basically the charge that Jeremiah or the Lord is making to Israel is you forgot who I was to you. You forgot everything I did for you. You know, you didn't remember who I was as a bride. And then in verse 8, it says, the priests did not ask, where is Yehovah? They weren't, uh, they weren't concerned about bringing in the counsel of the Lord. Those who deal with the law did not know me. Those who teach the law. So there they were in the Torah, studying the law, going through all of this. And, you know, what were they doing? They didn't know him. They didn't have the word of the Lord. And when we go back to chapter one, one thing I want us to realize here is the call of Jeremiah. And when we read about the call of Jeremiah, we read about how Jeremiah knew Yehovah. And we must, we must know him. And that's the blessing of being born again and walking in the spirit is to know Yehovah, to walk in his ways. And here are the priests. They didn't ask, where is the Lord? So in the midst of the trouble, in the midst of all of the, the, the false uh, um, gods that were being served, of course, the main gods that were being served were Baal and uh, Ishtar. They, they were uh, the main uh, gods and idols that were being served. And, you know, what was so uh, prominent about these gods or these foreign gods that they were serving was the fact that these were, uh, they had uh, a lot of sexual elements attached to it, lust attached to it. Um, they had temples of prostitutions of male and female prostitutes um, to the level where it was leading to, you know, sacrificing uh, children to these foreign gods. It was detestable in the sight of Yahovah. So the priest didn't ask, where's the Lord? They didn't know the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The leaders rebelled against me. The prophets prophesied by false gods. This is what we have going on here today. We've got so many prophetic voices that are speaking out today that are just speaking out to tingling ears to what people want to hear. Uh, they don't want to deal with the real truths. But 
what does it get back to? It get back, gets back to the understanding is, do we know him? We never want to be in a place where we lose connection with knowing Yahovah. So I encourage you in everything we do and everything you go through, don't lose connection with what it truly means to walk in the ways of Yahovah, to be close to him, to stand with him. Cross over, uh, that's verse 10, where it's, it's basically saying, is, uh, see if there has ever been anything like this. Look, has any other nation ever left uh, their gods? <laughs> that's what we're going to see there. In verse 11, has a nation ever changed its gods? Yet they are not gods at all. So, you know, even Egypt and even all the Baal-serving uh, uh, nations, they're not changing their gods. And here's Israel with the one true God. They've got the true God, and they're the one changing their gods. It's like, has, has any nation ever done this? Have you ever seen a nation that's going to change their gods? And even nations that don't even have a real God, man, they've got dead idols that don't even have any truth attached to them. Yeah, they're not changing their gods. But my people have exchanged their glorious God for worthless idols. Man, when you think about that from that portion of Scripture, man, what a rebuke. What a, a rebuke. Um, be appalled at this, you heavens, and shudder. With great horror, declares the Lord, my people have committed two sins. They've forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. What's interesting about the difference between springs of water? Springs of water is living water that's coming forth from the ground. Those cisterns, they're man-made. It's saying, do you know what? I'm not going to do it God's way. And, you know, I think all of us are challenged through uh, the things we face in life. We're all challenged. What way are we going to walk? How are we going to handle this situation? What spirit are we going to operate in, in the midst of the things that we are going through? And there's a lot of effort that goes into digging systems. You know, there's a lot of effort in digging that huge hole in the ground, getting all that plaster around that hole, trying to seal it up so that water can go in. Uh, you know, that stale water <laughs> can can go in there just so you have that extra water. But there's nothing more incredible. And, you know, when I travel, I like to get spring water. Uh, when I was with Connie and, Cal, uh, and Al, they're like, oh, man, this water is amazing. It was like spring water from Texas or something. I can't remember where it was. But anyway, that war tasted amazing. It just wasn't purified war. It was spring war. It was living war. It was good war coming straight out of the ground and not war that's just been filtered, that's been recycled time and time again. They've dug their own systems. They're trying to create their own provision instead of enjoying uh, the, the living water, the living water of the spirit. Um, so, you know, the Holy Spirit is always about the living water. Come unto me, all you who are thirsty. You know, uh, what's the scripture? Uh, uh, if you're thirsty, come and drink from me and you'll never thirst again. What's that talking about? That living water that we need spiritually to receive. And, you know, so we see the different sins. We see the forsaking of the Lord, of what's happening 
to the children of Israel. It's like they've they've gone into this uh, uh, path of destruction. And even with a good king, when Jeremiah started his ministry, there was a good king in place that was dealing with the Baal where uh, idols and stuff, and even with a good prophet and a good king, they didn't have the power to turn the people around. They didn't have the ability to turn the people around. That's how far the people had gone. So there was a process and the journey that took them to that place. There was a process and the journey. And, you know, we've got to keep ourselves in check on a daily basis on who are we before God, you know, are we going to allow the assignments of the enemy to uh, dictate how we live our lives, how we operate within our lives? What a sad state it was that even the priests, the teachers of the law, didn't even know God, didn't even know and understand the Torah. The, the leaders were totally in rebellion. So there was no leadership. There was no word coming forth. So when the truth came forth, what did the people want to do with the truth? They're like, this can't be true because guess what? We want to be a democracy. <laughs> we, we want to have the voice of the majority of the people. You know, this is the downfall of democracy. We need theocracy, don't we? We need our lives to be uh, in charge uh, with the living God. We want to listen to what he has to say, what he has to do, uh, not from a democratic standpoint so be appalled at this because they're exchanging their gods right they're uh, not drinking from the springs of living war but they're choosing to dig their own systems they're choosing in the midst of rebellion to do it their own way is israel a servant a slave by birth why then has he become plunder verse 15 lions have roared and they have growled at him they have laid waste his land, his towns are burned uh, and deserted. Also, the men of Memphis and uh, Tathanus have cracked their skulls. Have you not brought this on yourself for forsaken the Lord your God when he led you, uh, when he led you in the way? So they went from the place of the truth. They went from the place of the blessing, and yet they ended up down this road of destruction. And, you know, we see so many people falling from a place of the blessings of God. Um, and, you know, we, we can sit reading these scriptures and think, oh, wow, you know, how could they have got to, to that place? But yet we still have to have that check within our spirit of what is reality. What is the reality of God within my life? Am I walking in the path of the reality of God in my life? Because if we, if we have self-deception, if we are deceived by ourselves, it's very hard to get out of that, isn't it? So what we've got to, we've got to do is, is align ourselves, align our lives to the counsel of the Holy Spirit, that he will be our teacher, that he will be our counselor, not forgetting that we are called to be the bride of the Mashiach. We've got to stand upon the promises of Yehovah and understand uh, who the Father has called us to be. You know, have you not brought this on yourselves by forsaking the Lord your God when he led you in the way? You were led in the path of truth. You know, 
you've brought this on yourselves. You know, sometimes when people are going through tough times, wouldn't it be interesting if we just said to them, look, I'm just going to read you one verse of scripture, you know, in the midst of your sinful lifestyle that you're trying to get turned around. Listen, every time we choose the path of sin, we choose the path that is away from the purposes of God, away from the will of God. It's going to come at a price. It's not going to bring the fruitfulness of the Spirit. Have you not brought this on yourself by forsaking the Lord your God when he led you in the way? So what I want us to focus on today is the importance of the reality of God and the importance of what does it mean to be real with ourselves spiritually. And I, I'm not saying that we go into some pit of uh, trying to identify who you are in the flesh and, and then just say, oh, well, I'm just no good before God. Look who I am in the flesh. Well, we had Jeremiah doing that when he was called in chapter one. He's, he's like, God, what are you talking about? I am young. I am too young. I'm just a youth. And God said, don't you say that again. Because it's my word that qualifies you. It's not your age. It's not your ability. It's my word that qualifies you. So when we look at keeping accounts of our life and how we live and how we walk and how we grow in the spirit, we don't want to spend all of our time navel gazing at the flesh. We want to identify the works of the spirit within our lives. Who are you? You and I, we are a new creation. The old is gone. Behold, all things are new. That's what bulldozer faith is all about. Bulldozing the old man. You have no place within my life. So I'm not going to consult you on how I walk forward on this life. So to keep short accounts before God is not to go back and rehearse the flesh. It's to identify, yes, I don't have the ability, but I see the ability of the Ruach HaKodesh. I see the spirit at work within my life. So, you know, uh, can a good tree bear bad fruit? You know, what an interesting question we have in that scripture in Matthew. Uh, you know, you can tell a, a tree by its fruit. And then we look at, at how many people live in the uh, their lives, uh, you know, you see people who do great things for God and all of a sudden then they're totally screwed up. They're all messed. It's all broken. It's, you know, they're, they're, they're disqualified. They're, you know, their ministries are destroyed. They're, it might not even be in ministry. Their families are broken. They're, it's like, man, I thought that person had integrity. I thought that person was right standing, you know. But I was looking at the fruit, and the fruit was good. What was that fruit I was looking at? It's the fruit of the Spirit that's within our lives. So I want us to take a moment and just ask ourselves the question, when we uh, evaluate who we are, uh, don't go into the past of all of the brokenness. You've got to take that to the foot of Yeshua, the foot of the cross, and say, I, I'm casting all this on you because I'm not made to carry all of this. The past is gone. And, and even in the midst of our sin, uh, it's, it's knowing that when Peter, you know, when he denied Messiah, you know, oh, well, you, you've done some pretty bad stuff, man. You, you, really, you really blew it, Peter, you know. 
you should take about five years out. You know, you need to go to spiritual rehabilitation classes. And <laughs> that is not the case at all, is it? The This is the case. Do we know how to turn around from, from uh, uh, sinfulness? Do we know how to turn around and align ourselves spiritually? And that can only be done by the Spirit. That can only be done by the Spirit. So where is our confidence? It's not in the flesh. It's in the Spirit. So the devil wants to disqualify all of us. All of, how many How many of you heard the enemy try to disqualify you? Doesn't that happen on a daily basis? You ever feel like you go through something that's like, and then you, that enemy is like, oh, man, you're no good, man. You just you just need to shut up, man. <laughs> or you're disqualified. And, and then you can just feel like, being beaten down, being pushed down. Um, it's a little bit like when uh, playing Legretto Stop with Haley. I've been playing Legretto. It's a game, a card game, Italian game. And she just thrashes me every time. I've like played eight games, one, one. And each game takes about 40 minutes or so. And I'm playing these games. She just keeps thrashing me, thrashing me. And I'm like, oh, man, you could get really discouraged, couldn't you? You could get really down with all of that being beaten up all the time, or you can realize, you know what? This might just be a season. <laughs> this might just be a season. You know, we're going to press forward for the victory in Messiah. And that, that's how it is in the spirit. So when we are setting our face like a flint towards the purposes of God, you're going to have opposition. Look at the opposition Jeremiah had. Huge opposition. He's been battered on every side. He's been imprisoned. His own family want to assassinate him. Uh, he's accused of being a false prophet. He's accused of, yeah, yeah, guess what? He's in the Tanakh. The one who was rejected in every way while he walked on this earth, yeah, he is recognized as bringing forth the word of the Lord, what is the legacy that's going to come forth from your life and from my, my life? Is it because we sparked revival and millions of people made a decision, or is it because we spoke words of truth? So who are we in the spirit? Well, we don't compare ourselves to other people. You can be in full-time ministry in the will of God and be blessed and receive the fruit of what you're called to be. And we're all called to ministry. And when I say ministry, I mean working in ministerial offices or if it's pastoral, if it's teaching, uh, prophetic or apostolic or whatever. But, you know, if you are uh, if you're uh, working as a cleaner, if you're working uh, as an executive or, uh, you know, whatever that job may be, you know, from the entertainment world to, to be a musician, no one is any less important because of what they do. The question is, are we doing what we're called to do? And are we free to operate within our calling? Are we allowing the calling of the Spirit to be established within our lives? You know, one day the Holy Spirit said to me years ago, he said, he said, I don't want you to speak in public right now. I'm like, oh, okay, because my identity was not in what I do. My identity is to be found in him. And I didn't speak in public for eight years. 
So for eight years, God said, I don't want you speaking in public. And then after about five years, he said, okay, you can speak in prisons. So I ministered in the prisons, and that's where uh, I ministered. And there was a couple of times I, I had a word, uh, and I stood up in front of the fellowship to, to speak, and I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, I told you you're not to speak in public right now. And I had to hand the mic back. How embarrassing is that when you're standing there? You know the word of the Lord. You know what God wants to say, what he wants to do. I'm not, I'm not shut down. I'm not in rebellion. I'm not out of the will of God. I hear clearly what he's saying. And then I realized I'm out of place. It's not my job to deliver this word. It's not my job. I'm in a, a place of training in the spirit. And our identity is in obedience. So our victory within our life is in being obedient to the will and the call of God. Because there's pastors who just went through education. There's ministry leaders that just went through education. They weren't called. They just do it as a job. <laughs> you know? And there's people that are in, in the, 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 the working world um, who are meant to be in ministry. So the ministers who are ministering who are not meant to be in ministry, maybe they're meant to be running a company. Maybe they're meant to be a mechanic. Maybe they're meant to be doing another job, but they're disobedient. It doesn't mean you're going to receive blessing just because you work in full-time so-called ministry, even though we're all full-time in the call of God. So never let the enemy put you down on the basis of what you do. Because our confidence is not in what we do. It's, it's walking out the call of God within our lives. It's walking out his will, his purpose, and his plan for us. So here we had a whole nation. The priests were out of sync. The prophets were prophesying prophecies of Baal, right? The leadership were in deception. And everything's a mess. The people are messed up. The leadership are messed up. They're out of the will of God. And Jeremiah's standing there on his own, calling out, what is the call of the prophet to bring the people into line? And I love uh, the second part of the scripture in verse 10, uh, or is that 11? Verse 11, he's, no, verse 10. You know, what is the, 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 the other part of Jeremiah's ministry? It's to build and to plant. So yes, even though he had that strong word to uproot, to tear down, to destroy, to overthrow, the father's desire was that in the delivery of that prophetic word, something would be released that would build, right, and would plant. And here is Jeremiah. In Jeremiah chapter 31, he brings forth the promise of the new covenant that I'm not, I'm going to put the Torah within your hearts. You know, it's not just going to be on tablets of stone. I'm going to do a new thing. I'm going to bring a new covenant. It's going to be transforming what I'm going to do. So we don't just see the negativity of Jeremiah, even though when we read through chapter two of Jeremiah, it's a pretty devastating chapter. Well, we have a people who have the living God, a real God, and they're giving up a living God for false gods. When the nations with false gods, they are faithful to their idols. 
But yet you have the living God and you can't be faithful to the living God. And let it be a wake-up call to all of us on how we align ourselves before the Lord and say, you know what, God? I want to spend all of my effort in knowing you and walking with you because the devil wants you to spend all your effort in the lusts of the flesh, the things of this world. He wants you building systems. He wants you building your own supply. He wants you uh, being confident within yourself. And that's what we see today. You know, we, we everyone wants to get the motivational message. Man, the biggest churches in the world are the ones that are edifying and building people up with just all the positive words of the principles of the scripture. But is that really releasing people into the call of God? What if God desires that you take up your cross and follow him? What if he, he demands everything of you? Well, that's not going to be a nice um, message for the motivational church. You know, that's not what they want to hear, that there's a cost, that you need to deal with the sin. We need to deal with our, our time, our energy. Um, you know, and we all face this. I face this too. It's a challenge on a daily basis. How, how many things does the enemy want to do to rob our time? Man, we've just been in this uh, uh, hurricane of just craziness since I've got back to Israel, just dealing with things, just trying to get things in order, dealing with, uh, you know, attacks where the enemy wants to push you down, wants to, to break you so you don't have time to focus on what is important. And that's why we've got to get up early sometimes to get ahead of the day and say, you know what, devil, before I get into this day, I need you to know something. This day is not going to be run by your agenda. This day is going to be run by the agenda of Kodesh, the Holy Spirit. I'm going to stand on his promise today. I'm going to have victory in him today. So it's not by my nor by power, but it's by my spirit, says Yahovah. So where's your confidence today? Your confidence as you look at yourself, I want you to look at yourself through the eyes of Messiah. He is dwelling within us. Do we know our calling? You know, many of the leaders in chapter two here didn't know God, didn't know their calling because they didn't inquire of God. Do we take that time to inquire of God so that we're receiving that word? I've, I've shared this time and time again. You know, the two most uh, prayers that people ask for uh, when I travel and I'm having a time of ministry uh, at homes or in meetings. The first one is this. I do not know the will of God for my life. Will you pray for me to know the will of God? The second thing is I don't know the voice of God. And listen, these are two key things that we must never have a problem with. The voice of God and the will of God. Yes, we have the written word. Hallelujah for the written word. Praise the name of Yeshua. But we've got to be in that word until the word comes alive. And when the word comes alive, you have the logos and you have the rhema, the living word. And when that living word comes forth, you know what's going to happen? It's going to empower you in a way of authority, of effectiveness, for victory and Messiah. And it might not always be good things. He might empower you and then all the people hate you because of the truth that's coming forth from you. 
So just because everyone doesn't love you doesn't, <laughs> doesn't mean uh, that you're doing things wrong. But we need to be aligned by the Spirit. We need the wisdom of the Spirit and how we do this. If you have a hard message, do we know how to deliver a hard message with a, a heart of love? Or are we just spurting out uh, stuff that's, uh, you know, just uh, impacting uh, people in a way that they can't receive the word? And sometimes that word has to be that hard. But many times the Holy Spirit wants us to minister in the way of a breakthrough. And when I was ministering to a guy just uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, when the Holy Spirit gave me a word, it was a hard word. But it was done in such a way, it led him unto salvation. He got saved. It changed his life. It needed to be that hard, that direct, that in your face. Because his, his life depended on the word. His life depended on the word. So, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the lessons that we learn. And even though in this chapter we haven't read all of it, but in this portion of um, Jeremiah chapter 2, Father. We see the hard word that you delivered uh, through Jeremiah to the people. We saw the state of the people. We saw the state of the leadership. And Father, we, we relate so much to what's going on within the faith-based organizations today, what's going on within our nations today, Father, how they are walking. And we pray, Father, that we can be an example and a testimony of your grace, of your love, and of your truth. So I pray right now, Holy Spirit, raise up the prophets, raise up the prophetic voice, because we need the words of truth today. We need the living words of truth today to come forth and set the captives free. We pray for Israel today. We pray for the salvation of Israel. We come against the assignments of the enemy, all of the, these terrorists, Islamic jihadists, we break their spirit in the mighty name of Yeshua. We say you have no authority in Yeshua's name. And we ask, Father, for you to pour out your spirit on this land. Because what has been done on this land is detestable before you, as it says within the word. This land was a blessing. This land was a gift. And Father, we stand in the gap with repentance on behalf of this nation that has not handled this land in the way that you have called them to handle it. We pray, Father, that you raise up the testimony of the Spirit. Father, even as I'm at the airport right now, that this will be a gateway of your glory coming into this land. Father, that you will bring people in in their droves that will minister words of transformation to the people of Israel. So, Father, we stand on your promises. Your promises are true. They are yes and amen. And, Father, I pray right now for, for those of us that are struggling with uh, sin, struggling with areas within our lives where we feel like we're disqualified. The enemy is trying to break us uh, and stop us functioning in the will of God. Father, we just fix our eyes on you right now, and we recognize that we are called to cast all of our cares onto you. So we cast these cares onto you right now because we are not made to carry them. And Father, in the midst of our brokenness in the flesh, 
I ask you to empower us by your spirit. We need the Ruach HaKodesh. We need the Holy Spirit within our lives. So I speak a word of restoration, a word of deliverance over our lives that we will experience the richness of the will of Yahovah over our lives. And all of the lies of the enemy, we just cancel them out right now in the name of Yeshua. You know, if you're if, if you're watching this live or you're watching it later, you can do this after. Write down all of the areas where the enemy is lying to you and trying to break your confidence and trying to pull you down. And then, and then get hold of that list and say, this is over. I'm not playing this game anymore. I'm not walking in this way anymore. I'm walking in the promises of God. I'm walking in the ways of God. And this is what it said within this, this scripture in chapter 2. I gave you my ways. I Yet you chose Baal. You chose other gods. But I gave you my ways. These are my ways for you to walk in. So, Holy Spirit, we receive the blessings that you have for us, that you will equip us to be effective for your kingdom. Father, we don't just come to get to feel good, but we come to be equipped. Will you use us for the purpose of your kingdom? Wherever you may be, wherever you face, Father, reveal your will to each and every one of us. Let us never be in that place where we are confused over what you have called us to do. And you might be listening and watching right now, feeling like you don't know what you're calling out. And listen, that's okay. Just say, God, I don't know what my calling is. And come into his presence and ask him. And say, I, I want to pray. I want to fast. I want to set myself aside to understand the call that you have for my life. And be faithful with what he has called you to do. Don't be confused. Because confusion comes from the enemy. But we're called to walk by faith in accordance with his word. Faith is not doing something because you just don't understand. Faith is reliance on the word of God. If he said it, I'm going to do it. If he said it, I'm going to walk in it. I don't need to know the end from the beginning. I don't need to have all the answers. But one thing I do need is I need to know that Yahovah is with me. I need to know that he is leading me, that I'm walking in his ways, that I'm not building a system of my own provision to live out my spiritual life. No, I want to walk in the ways of Yahovah. And my prayer today is that we will witness the testimony of signs and wonders, that we will see the fruit of the Spirit within our lives, the blessings of God within our lives, uh, that the Holy Spirit will use us today. He'll use us in this coming week to bring transformation into the lives of others in Yeshua's name. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Yeshua. So look at that. Even out of a tough word, a tough place, Jeremiah, man, how depressed do you want to get just reading through Jeremiah over and over? How depressing can it get? But can we see the book of Jeremiah through the eyes of hope? Because the bottom line is, even in the midst of all of it, even in the midst of the rejection, the brokenness of, of the, the children of Israel, God still made a way. He didn't say, you know what? I'm over. I'm done. I'm done with these people. You know, that's it. I've done everything that I know how to do. 
they're not listening. <laughs> Why should I give them a new covenant? Why can't I just cancel this covenant with them and just get rid of them? But why did he want to have a new covenant? Why did he want to bring a new promise and bring transformation? So go to Psalm 33, verse 4. For the word of Yehovah is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. And he's, if he's faithful over the house of Israel, we are Israel. He is faithful over our lives. So receive the faithfulness of God. He's saying, I'm faithful. My word is true. You can stand on my promises. So, so if you're on sinking sand right now, if you're out in dancing in the puddles, right, maybe it's time to come in and be refreshed in the spirit and stand upon the rock. Yeah? <laughs> Hallelujah. So, Father, we thank you for the breakthrough. We thank you for your faithfulness that you are righteous, that your justice is seen throughout the earth, is seen within the heavens. Oh, we worship you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father.